Love seeing that video, seniors. So many things. I hope that uh, maybe you didn't share, but that Oasis has truly been uh, helpful for you in your walk with God. That we have in some way, I hope, helped you to find and follow Jesus and to follow Jesus more. Um, certainly, Jacob, you were just talking about your small groups. Like, if anything, I know a lot of times large group teaching may help you somewhat, but you get talked at all day. What really, the, the thing that we build our ministry on, the model that we use is a small group model, and we've been doing that for probably 25 years. And so, like, you guys will remember, even if this is my last oasis, you're so much better connected to your own small group leaders. And so I'm so glad that we, we structured this this way, and I'm sure that will continue well into the future. Um, at least I'm not moving away. Uh, parents, and um, this is a big deal for you guys. Again, for some of you, this is the baby of your family. This is your youngest. You're going to be empty nesters after this. Other, others of you, maybe it's your first or definitely not the case. Um, I so appreciate just your support. appreciate you maybe helping at times your son or daughter make a decision about coming to church or still making church a priority. Or maybe even weeks there was that like nudge out the door or uh, like you're going whether you want to or not. But I hope most of the time for many of your kids, they really want to do it. Um, but yeah, thanks for your support. I hope this ministry again is like was huge for, for their faith. Um, let me pray real quick and we're going to dive into some Proverbs tonight. I have one more shot, you guys, to teach you one last time. Um, hey, I do want to say just real quick before I pray to, thanks for last week. I don't want to make a big deal about that tonight as about you seniors, but if you were here last week, I, that was like over the top more than I ever could expect or imagine. I felt so honored, and so thank you so much, especially those notes at the end of the night. I did, didn't know about that, didn't see that coming, and so took home this huge stack um, are like treasured. Like I went through all those with Leslie the night after, um, loved it. I mean, I'll keep those and... Um, Anyway, it was so great. So, no, 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 I just wanted to mention that tonight and say thanks. I didn't get to say thanks last week. Let me pray real quick. Heavenly Father, here we end on a Wednesday night, and Lord, tonight we're wrapping up a school year. Um, God, you have done so much in our lives. God, you can to do so much in our lives. We're on this journey of life, and God, you are drawing us back to yourself. You want us to, to run from sin and the idols that we so quickly run to. Um, created things, things that are good things, but that we sort of make ultimate. And God, uh, you want us to worship you more than other things, and you want, to, you want us to be in relationship with you. God, I pray that um, just these times being together at Oasis and in small groups, God, that that would have been and will continue to be so powerful in the lives of high school students here at Brookside. Um, God, accountability and encouragement and teaching from your word. God, we want to come to your word always first and most often. And we want to teach from your word. We know that your word is truth. But so, God, tonight, I, I just want to lift up this senior class. God, as they anticipate the transition ahead of them, um, the college experience ahead of them, or the career path, or whatever it is where they're going, God, would you journey with them? And I pray that they would walk with you the whole way. Um, so, God, thanks for these 15 or so years that we have in this class this year. Thanks for their parents and their families. And, God, I pray um, just a blessing over them tonight. So, God, we want to hear from you again one last time tonight. So, God, we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Uh, so, we're going to dive, dive into the book of Proverbs. If you have a Bible, if you need one, get one. If you want to take notes, I actually I want to get really practical tonight, you guys. Seniors, this is mostly aimed at you. So, yeah, seriously, stand up, get a note card, get a pen, Bible. 
This is mostly aimed at you seniors, although I hope this is practical for all of you. We're going to go over five points of wisdom tonight. Five points of wisdom. And so again, this is mostly seniors, and uh, I hope is very, very practical. But to start with, we're going to read from Proverbs chapter 8. So this will be on the screens as well. I'm going to read this to start. Proverbs chapter 8, verses 1 through 19, and then at the end, the last three verses. You guys with me? You ready? Wisdom's call, the call of wisdom. This is awesome. It says, does not wisdom call out? Does not understanding raise her voice? At the highest point along the way where the paths meet, she takes her stand. Beside the Leading into the city at the entrance, she cries aloud. And so this is sort of wisdom speaking, all right? Verse 4, wisdom personified. Wisdom says, to you, O people, I call out. I raise my voice to all mankind. You who are simple, gain prudence. You who are foolish, set your hearts on it. Listen, for I have trustworthy things to say. I open my lips to speak what is right. My mouth speaks what is true. For my lips detest wickedness. All the words of my mouth are just. None of them is crooked or perverse. To the discerning, all of them are right. They are upright to those who have found knowledge. Choose my instruction instead of silver. Knowledge rather than choice gold. For wisdom is more precious than ruby, and nothing you desire can compare with her. I, wisdom, dwell together with prudence. I possess knowledge and discretion. To fear the Lord is to hate evil. I hate pride and arrogance. Evil behavior and perverse speech, counsel and sound judgment are mine. I have insight. I have power. By me, kings reign and rulers issue decrees that are just. By me, princes govern and nobles, all who rule on earth. Love those who love me and those who seek me find me. With me are riches and honor, enduring wealth and prosperity. My fruit is better than fine gold. What I yield surpasses choice silver. And then skip to the verse 34. Blessed are those who listen to me, watching daily at my door, waiting at my doorway. For those who find me find life and receive favor from the Lord. But those who fail to find me harm themselves. All who hate me love death. It's the words of wisdom. All right? This is the word of God. So over the next six months, seniors... You're going to go through a significant transition in your life. And up to this point in your life, this will probably be the, the biggest, the most significant transition you will have ever gone through. I don't know, unless you've made a drastic move or something over the earlier life. Certainly someday many of you will get married and that will prove to be life-changing or maybe you'll become a parent and that changes everything. But for now, these next six months, this is, this is the biggest transition you're ever going to face. Uh, you will probably go to college, some form, maybe metro, maybe out of state, maybe to Lincoln, maybe you'll start working right away. Some of you will go to the military, maybe you'll go on a mission trip. I don't even know, seniors, what one of you is doing next year. For many of you, you'll move out of the house, and that proves huge. You're on your own, finally. For plenty of you, maybe you'll still stay at home because it's cheaper and it's just a great way to save money. But certainly within the four years, you will need all the wisdom you can get. And again, I hope, as I always say, that we come to the Bible first and we come to the Bible most. And so there's all sorts of wisdom. In fact, I love if you maybe you've heard the phrase, all truth is God's truth. 
Like if some true, and God can sort of take credit for that, right? He created all things. And so I think it's right to say that all wisdom is God's wisdom. And so again, I want to get really practical tonight um, with five points of wisdom. Here's the thing, at some point, maybe in the next four years, maybe beyond that, you're going to encounter extreme challenges, difficult things that you didn't see coming. Um, and that pertains to all of you. You're a sophomore in junior year, will, will prove more difficult than you ever imagined. But my friend Dr. Tim Elmore has all these great word pictures that he uses. He's an author. He's written many books called Habitudes, and we started using these a couple years ago, and I have a bunch of so he says this, they will either become roadblocks or toll booths for you, one or the other. When you encounter difficulties and challenges, it will either be a roadblock that will stop you in your tracks, and maybe you'll give up and go home and quit and go, I can't do college. I can't do this job. It'll be a roadblock. Or it'll be a toll booth where you pause, and then you pay the price to keep moving forward. But it's going to be too, right? It's a great word picture. Difficulties are normal, and you are going to be the one to choose whether it's a, ro- a roadblock or a toll booth. So when hard times come, will you stop moving forward? Or if not, will you pay the price? I'm going to give you a book at the end of the night, and uh, it talks about one of the, the last chapter, I think, how pain can be one of the biggest ways God speaks to us, and God tries to change us or, change us or move us. So five points of wisdom and the time I've got left, to guide you as you move into this next four-year period or 10-year period or whatever. Um, So here we go. Number one is this. Be guided by your hopes and dreams. Be guided by your hopes and dreams. Now, as I wrote this, I thought this is something that many of you would expect to hear at a graduation ceremony, perhaps, or a commencement address. You may not expect to hear this in church because you may think that maybe I should be saying, be guided by God. And I certainly hope Seniors, you are guided by God in everything you do, and certainly by the wisdom of Scripture, which is why I read from Proverbs 8 tonight. God uses a lot of things, though, to guide you, and a lot of different people, all kinds of things. But one of the ways he guides you is by your hopes and dreams. And that maybe doesn't say that you'll get everything that you've ever wanted, but we should listen to that. Here's the issue. I have an issue for all five of these. Sometimes teens get past due to either good or bad memories. Maybe we feel like we're a certain way because of a certain bad memory, or maybe we had a great high school career, middle school career, and we we sort of can't move past that. Here's the illustration. Again, I took this from Tim Elmore. He calls it windshields or rearview mirrors. So when you're on a journey, you glance at your rearview mirror, but you gaze out through the windshield. And the goal, of course, is to keep forward. And so he says it is with life. Your dreams should be bigger than your memories. Memories are crazy important, right? You should hold on to your memories for dear life. They're, they're, they're sort of become who you are. But we all get our energy from something and someone, and we should probably make our dreams and our hopes and our passions that we should make those bigger than our memories. And so what occupies your mind the most? Where does your energy come from when you think about what's ahead of you or what's behind you? I feel like too many teenagers today, because of maybe social media, because of all kinds of things, anxiety levels among teenagers and adolescents is like hugely on the rise. In fact, I think it was Tim Elmore I heard in a recent podcast say, the average high school student today has the same levels of anxiety as a psychiatric patient in the 1950s. Have I said that before? I think maybe I have. 
That is crazy, though, as a psychiatric patient in the 50s. Like, that's just how the world has changed. And so we should not be too fearful or too full of anxiety that we can't move forward. So maybe here's an exercise. Make a list of your fondest memories, your greatest hopes, or your greatest passions. And which list is longer? Number two is this, stay accountable to someone. Stay accountable to someone. And that's not rocket science, but it's really something you do. It's just wisdom. The issue is this, college freshmen can get overwhelmed and make poor decisions. And so a lot of times this just means really good and trusted friends, right? So the illustration is this. Maybe you've heard this said before. It's sturdy guards. I've heard, I think, a handful of sermon series now called guardrails. They keep you on track. Guardrails, of course, are positioned where the road curves. Most of the time they're positioned on bridges or where there's a cliff or some sort of drop. But they're metaphors for your life in college or for when life takes a turn and you cross a bridge to new norms or you meet oncoming traffic going the opposite direction and what if you have to steer off the road? They do on the right path. They help you not fall. You will need people to serve as guardrails to keep you on track um, now more than ever in these next four years. Whether you live at home or whether you don't, you are starting to enter adulthood and you will desperately need friendly accountability partners who you trust. And so again, what is trust? Here's the acronym for trust, okay? They're transparent. They're respected. They won't share your secret or your struggle with everyone else. They're understanding. They're safe, right? That goes along with being respected. And they're trustworthy. Who are those friends that you have? Um, these are people, hopefully, you talk with weekly. And you just say, hey, can you be an accountability partner for me for this one issue or for these three issues? Even for getting in the word. I'm like, I don't, whatever it is for you. But just say to them, hey, every week when you see at work or class or a church, can you ask me this? The question is, do you have guardrail people in your life? The third one is this. We have not talked about this a whole lot in Oasis. This is one of my regrets. Lay out a budget. Lay out a budget. I don't know where you're at with money. I don't know if money stresses you out. I think a budget freaks out a lot of people, but it can be pretty simple. The issue is this living your own can introduce hard times due to poor spending habits. And certainly, when you don't have mom and dad to say yes or no to things, or you get your first credit card, uh, it's a struggle. And you're like, wow, I'm really poor. The illustration is this, an Uber ride. How does an Uber ride work? Well, the wisdom tells us this, that you need to find out how much the ride costs before you get in the car. If you've ever ridden in an Uber, that's probably the main thing. You're like, do you have money in my pocket? to pay for this ride. Just like any taxi, it's smart to know the cost before starting out on the journey. And you will find seniors that the college journey or even the career journey maybe because you're just not making what you think will cost you time and energy and money and talent. So the question is, how much will it cost? And again, the principle to practice is this, you must calculate before you participate. Count the cost. That's biblical, too. It's all over the New Testament, right? Jesus used this illustration. And so it's being proactive and not reactive. So what do you do? Sit down. Maybe it's this. Sit down with your parents sometime soon or before college and talk to them. Watch them pay the bills. Maybe you haven't even ever realized what it costs to pay a mortgage or to pay the gas bill or the, the power bill. 
Get a feel for that discipline. Here's a better exercise. I love this. Go to mint.com and just start an account. It's totally free. This is what I use myself, and I started this seven years ago when my Quicken thing ran out. Um, but Mint is a great resource. You can lay out a budget. You can talk it over with your parents. There's a Mint app, and it's really helpful. Even if you don't, like, honor it to a T, you know where your money's going. You can look at a sheet and go, oh, I bought, like, 12 boxes of Lucky Charms last month, and so I can't. And all your money is going to breakfast cereal. At least you know that. Lay out a budget. Number four is this. Get rock solid on your values and ethics. Of course, like you probably saw this one coming. Get rock solid on your values and ethics. The issue is this. Independent first-year college students need to make sure they're rock solid on, their, on the values they're going to live by. Do you have a set of core values that are non-negotiables? The illustration is this, a compass or a GPS. Of course, in our minds, we go, oh, GPS is by far the like, greater technology. Who uses a compass anymore? I think the iPhone comes with a compass. Open that app once, right? In fact, now I think I can delete it. A GPS is what it's all about. Both instruments help us navigate our journeys. But you know what? A GPS is only helpful if you know your destination, right? And plenty of times as you move out into college, you're venturing into new territory. You don't know where you're going. And so how will you know the way? How will you travel well? You need a compass that reveals your true north. Have you heard that phrase before? What's your true north? you got to know the way north is, which is why a compass in this illustration beats a GPS, you guys. So in life, what are your personal standards or core values? Have you ever taken the time to write those out, especially before college? And might I just add, especially if you're going to Lincoln or to any other state school. Or you know what, I guess nowadays, even if you're going to Dort or Northwestern or some Christian school, there will be temptations and opportunities and freedoms that may take you down a wrong path. What are your core values? Identify those, write them down, talk about them with your parents or with your friends, implement them into your daily schedule. What are your non-negotiables? And then lastly, it's this, find a mentor. Find a mentor. This is hard to do, but this is different than number two, uh, the ability partner thing. So the issue with the mentor is this, first-year college students need wise people to guide them into their new territory. And a lot of times, you want it to be someone other than mom and dad. You know, seniors, very, very soon, you will appreciate mom and dad probably more than you have in the past 12 months. And when you have a flat tire or whatever, and you're somewhere far away, You'll begin to call mom and dad and you'll really need things. But um, other adults can really be huge. Maybe it's your small group leader from this year. And you keep in touch with Jan and Angie and Angie and Keith and Don and Mike. Um, and you call them. And you know what? They would love to hear from you. But here's the illustration. Tour guides or travel agents. Both are helpful. Tour guides nowadays are much harder to come by, and sometimes we don't even want them on our trips, right? But the difference between them is one goes with you, the tour guide, and the other one tells you where to go from afar. Sort of tell you about the trip. They buy you what you need for the trip, and those are travel agents. You will meet many travel agents along the way and very few tour guides. And when it comes to finding a mentor for your, for your journey, what you want, a tour guide. Someone that is going with you 
on the journey. And so you need to find them. And it doesn't mean it'll just be one person. It might be five people. And it doesn't mean that they're going to have time to sit down with you every week. But maybe every couple of months, maybe four times a year, um, you just call them up and say, can I buy you a cup of coffee? Or you know what, can you buy me a cup of coffee? Because I don't have a budget. And let's talk about the budget thing. Will you make finding a mentor a priority? You guys, I had never heard of a mentor before. For whatever reason, coming from a small town, my parents didn't talk to me about any of this. Our youth group didn't talk about any of this. I moved to Omaha, go to Grace. I remember it wasn't until my more year, my friend said, I'm going to ask Dr. Rushing, who is our New Testament professor, he said, I'm going to ask him to mentor me. And when he said yes, I was like, Jeremiah, I went in on this action. And Dr. Rushing and I met like every week. It's a great opportunity at a Christian school, but again, they're hard to come by. Um, they're worth it. Here's the thing. You ask mentors this. Ask them to give you emotional fuel, like encouragement or perspective on life. You want to build bridges. You guys, over and over again, I'm telling you, as you get older, um, seek people that are older than you. Sometimes, for whatever reason, we just we feel uncomfortable around older adults, and certainly maybe elderly people. But you all, you have parents that you love and respect, and that you, you're like, when grandpa, you know, your grandpa's getting older, you just, don't you just love to sit down with him and like glean his wisdom? Um, adults want to like shape the younger generation, and let them do that. Uh, of course, I didn't mention plenty of things. I think last year I gave a whole thing about finding a Christian community to, to be a part of. Find a local church if you're in Lincoln or wherever you're at. Find a college ministry. Maybe on a big campus it's harder to find a church but you can go to Navigators, or you can find Crew, or you can find uh, Christian Student Fellowship. Is that what it's CSF? Is that UNO? Um, or find a church that has a college ministry. Come to BCM, which is ours. Go to 808. Go to City Light U. Find a good college ministry and get involved. Here's the last thing. And again, parents, you realize this, especially if this is your last child or if it's not your first. Um, realize the changing of roles for you parents. After this year, you're going to see, you're going to need to see a change of roles in both your child and yourself, right? That their role changes and your role changes. Their role changes from being a child to an adult. And so you're trying to shape them into adulthood. You have to let go of them more and more. And your role changes from supervisor to consultant. And plenty of you have already done that with a child or two, and so you know how that works. But family dynamics obviously change when your son or daughter leaves home. I'll never forget, I was like, I woke up. My first morning in Omaha in a hotel to my mom crying. And I was like, I was just was totally confused and didn't think, like, expected it. And just, you know, said, Mom, why are you crying? And she was like, this is, our family's never going to be the same, you know. Here you are in Omaha. And she was right. It changes everything. But there's something important about mom and dad while still being around a consultant, letting go. Mom's not calling your kids every day, although you do whatever you want. I'm, I'm still a kid to you. Um, but let your child have some breathing room, maybe let them grow up. So five points of wisdom, and again, there's plenty of others. Maybe go tonight as we do this reception here at the end. If your small group leaders here, especially seniors do this, ask them for one, for one more point of advice. Like what's something that they would tell you as you venture out over the next six months? Um, here it is again, Proverbs 8, the last two verses, or the, the last three. I'm not going to read the last one. Blessed are those who listen to me says wisdom, watching daily at my doors, waiting at my way, 
And again, get this, this is something worth memorizing. For those who find me find life and receive favor from the Lord. So do whatever you can, you guys, to get wisdom and to live by it. And know that that starts here. Wisdom personified, boy, it's like it's the voice of Jesus, I think. It's Jesus saying, I'm it. So run to the Word of God. Um, I'm going to pray in just a second. Tonight, like every year, um, we uh, buy you seniors a book. And um, at this point, seniors, you're tired of reading, and you don't want another book for your shelf. But I'm a reader, and I think leaders are readers, and readers are learners, and it's great to And so this may sit on your shelf for four years or for however long, but I like to find books that I want to just, for you to have on your shelf, sometimes even books that are so intriguing that when your college roommate sees it, they go, oh, what's this about? And be a conversation starter. Um, this year, we got you this book called Whisper by Mark Batterson. This is a phenomenal book. It's a pretty new release. Mark Batterson has written a lot of books, New York Times bestseller. But um, this is a book that John Alford recommended to me, pastor here. And I think he's using this for all of our GO teams, like mission trips this year. But it's basically on how to hear the voice of God. And there's seven things. Um, certainly, Batterson goes to Scripture first, as I always, Scripture's the place. But there's seven things. Like I said, the seventh one is pain. How does God speak to us through our pain? I hope, I certainly hope that we have talked a lot about pain and difficult circumstances this year at Oasis. That you guys, when we encounter hard things, I hope you never have gotten the perception that being a Christian means that life will automatically go easy for you. I think it's a perspective and a worldview that gives us hope and a future and a plan when we go through times. But Jesus never promised us an easy life. And so certainly check out that last chapter. Um, 